0: Welcome back to Forward Progress, your source for NFL betting content powered by the Hammer Betting Network and Pinnacle Sportsbook. And today we're gonna to be ripping through the NFC North, breaking down the division top to bottom, trying to identify some value for everyone out there. And of course, we will be sourcing odds from Pinnacle Sportsbook because Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sportsbook available to betters in Ontario. Find out what professional betters have known for decades pinnacle is where the best bettors play you must be 19 plus and of course please play responsibly i'm joined by one of the most sophisticated betting crews you're ever gonna find breaking down an nfl season we got pro betters suma and hitman we got eric eager the vp of sumer sports and eric with the nfc north north we're gonna start with you because you were a big proponent of restore the roar a season ago the Lions started 1-6, looked like it was going to be another disaster of a season for them, but they got much better over the second half of the year. The offense finished the season ranked number two in EPA, 29 points per game, and they finished with a 9-8 and eight record. But the expectations this season, Eric, very different. They're favored in the division. They have their highest season win total in seemingly forever. What do we make of the Lions this season? Are they closer to being an actual Super Bowl contender? or being upset in the division.
1: Uh no, they're very much closer to being upset in the division than being a Super Bowl contender just by by the by the sheer odds. I will say like they've done some things that I don't think are great for them long term but have addressed immediate needs like getting a linebacker in the first round should help them stop the run. I think if they stop the run as a league average team last year, then they they make the playoffs. Uh, offensive line's great. Defensive line, I think, is emerging. The coach does most of the right things in game. Uh, Clock management's a little bit rough for him. Uh, And they were able to retain both coordinators, which to me is the, the, that's the bull case for this team. I just think that there's, you know, at wide receiver, I think that they're a little thin. Uh, In the secondary, they did some things to help themselves, but I still think they're a little thin there. Uh, So with that, I do think that they have, you know, nfc championship game ceiling but they're much more likely to to get bested in the division by a team like green bay or minnesota than they are to uh you know uh, make the nfc championship game or or play in the super bowl
0: hitman your thoughts on the lions heading into the year I'm, i'm not sold on them
2: as the the price that they currently are in market and for the division and i just think that everybody's assuming such a big leap for them but there's still some questions with this team. Obviously, Jamison Williams was going to be a big boost to have somebody now next to Amon Ross St. Brown, but he's going to be suspended for the first six games this season. And you have a quarterback, like let's face it, like Jared Goff, although he has exceeded expectations with the Lions so far in his two seasons, it's probably average at best, but slightly below average starting quarterback. And then you have a bottom third defense that is, is with them. So obviously their defense, it did get better in the off season with some of the additions, specifically a lot of the additions in their secondary, but it's still a team that I just don't see the type of, uh, of roster that that should be warranting just this much of a price apart from teams like Minnesota and green Bay in the division.
0: Suma, you're nodding your head there. Do you echo that statement?
3: Absolutely agree in in all areas. Um, I think what we saw from from Jared Goff last season, efficiency wise, was probably healthy his ceiling, and a lot of that also came from playing behind. I think Adam Chernoff had a very good breakdown on that on his podcast recently. And offensive line is looking good, but it's only Armand Ra Saint Brown over the first six weeks. They basically have no one at tight end. Jamison Williams, despite being that, that high potential guy, we have not seen it on the field uh, at all so far because of his injury. And um, now we are basically saying, oh, that guy has to hit basically his expectation starting in week seven for this um, offense to make a leap mm-hmm. forward. And on the defensive side, I'm also not sold. I like their additions um, in the secondary, but the defensive line still has a few question marks and we are really betting on young talent on the defensive line to really make a step forward and that's not always a great bet um, i think Ed Hutchinson could, could be legit like a top 15 edge rusher next year but um, alongside him it's not really that bold altogether um, i think that the defense will not be very good next year and jared goff has maybe hit his ceiling already And then we are looking at a very thin receiving group behind Amon Ross and Brown.
0: Yeah, I'm going to echo everything you guys said there as well. I don't want to make this like a clean sweep of uh, of fading the Detroit Lions, but I don't know that the respect is completely warranted just yet. For the, the amount of people that think the defense is going to be better because they played better in the second half of last season, they also finished number two in EPA on offense last year. And it's going to be very hard to replicate that as well. Uh, I have all the respect in the world for the coaching staff of the Lions. Dan Campbell, for a guy that was like maybe going to get fired early in the year, turned it around completely. Ben Johnson is OC as well. But now you have a full offseason of teams preparing and looking at what the Lions did last year as well. I don't think that they can easily replicate this number two offense in the league um, you know, in the way that they did a season ago. The question then becomes, you look at the division odds, Detroit's the favorite plus 138 then you have a very sizable gap to the Vikings at plus 291 the Bears plus 335 and the Packers plus 407 Hitman I'll start this with you what do you think like which of these teams poses the biggest threat to Detroit but also just from a value perspective it might not be the team with, that poses the biggest biggest threat but who do you think is the most valuable bet within the division now if we're a little bit low on the Lions
2: well, it would probably it would be really close between Minnesota and Green Bay in my opinion on who poses the big threat, but when you look at the value, Green Bay just should not be priced behind Chicago and by that much of a gap that you mentioned in the division. I know Green Bay at 1 point about a month ago was 5 to 1 and obviously you said it's down to 4 to 1 now, but I still think it has value. I mean, Jordan Love, it's a get, it's a guy that he has a ceiling and maybe he's not good but if he can hit his ceiling aaron Rodgers wasn't great last year i mean it's not being said but like there is a chance that aaron Rodgers is not washed up but on at the cover very your ears his-
0: suma new new york jets fan suma might want to cover his ears for this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's a chance that he's he's just not the same guy anymore and it might not be that big of a downgrade. I know it was a really small sample size, but Jordan Love played really against really good against Philly this year when he had to come in. It kind of reminded me a little bit, if you remember, when uh, Brett Favre had his last season with Green Bay and was playing at an MVP level. He got hurt against Dallas, and Rodgers came in, and it was only for like a quarter or something. Looked really good, and then after year three, they obviously make the switch. Not saying Jordan Love is the next Aaron Rodgers or anything. But Green Bay has a top fourth of the league offensive line surrounding him. They have a good running game. The weapons, they have potential. We'll see how they end up playing out. The defense has first rounders all over. And then it also hasn't been talked about that Aaron Rodgers was struggling a little bit before Matt LaFleur came around. So I know a lot of people criticize Matt LaFleur, but he did a pretty good job resurrecting Aaron Rodgers' career when he was on the da- downside of his career. So uh, I think that LaFleur maybe does a pretty good job with Jordan Love this year. And uh, I think that Green Bay definitely has a pretty high
0: ceiling. I'll put it like that. Suma, which other team in the division catches your eye?
3: Uh, definitely the Vikings at basically 3-1 to one now. I don't think there should be such a sizable gap be- between the Lions and the Vikings. Um, we have talked like... I think Minnesota was the most talked team by us on this channel last season because they overperformed in like every major area. Like everyone knew that they were an average team at best basically or maybe a, a, a nine win team and just getting away with it all the time. But I think that is already priced in but I think it went too far. Um, when I compare the Vikings and the Lions, I can really make a case that the line should be really weighted significantly higher than the Vikings and that that um, difference in pricing should basically all be about the first place schedule mm-hmm. and when you look at the price right now Detroit plus 138 at pinnacle Vikings plus uh, two, uh, 291 like it's way too much I think the Vikings have still have a very decent offensive line that is returning all five starters I think um, they added John Addison, and it's hard to bet on a rookie, but that receiving group is not worse than last year and still has a, a much higher ceiling than last year. TJ Hawkinson has a full offseason um, with the offense. Uh, John Addison might be very good. And then there's also one very subjective um, component. I uh, don't know if you watch quarterbacks on Netflix, but Kirk Cousins. Uh, several times in the I think first or second episode mentioned how he really struggled with the new offense and and the new scheme that it was completely different from what he's been doing uh, like for for the past uh, four or five years so I think another season in the Kevin O'Connell offense uh, with a receiving group that could really be better than last year I don't think you can make a case that the Lions offense will really be better than the Vikings one
0: Kirk Cousins trying to find that Lombardi trophy to put in the memorabilia dungeon that he uh, had built into his house there on quarterbacks, which I found very interesting. (laughs) Eric, uh, in the division as well. I I agree with a lot of what Suma said. I I mean, the betting market evolves. um, And maybe 10 or 15 years ago, you would see a team like Minnesota, who won 13 games a season ago, and did in a lucky manner. Still open with a really high betting total. We just don't see stuff like that anymore. There's been a huge correction. It's like a four and a half uh, win swing from where they ended up a season ago. Are they the biggest threat to the Lions in your estimation, or or maybe the Packers or Bears?
1: Yeah, to Suba's point, like this is the first time in Kirk Cousins' career in Minnesota that he's going to have the same play caller consecutive years. So that might might play to their to their strength. And I do think you know three to one is kind of obnoxious for them. Um, but it is Green Bay, right? Like Green Bay being, you know, the, having the having the worst odds in the division. When you know we're not even sure that Justin Fields is a competent NFL passer, it is is to me way too much. And like the way I like to think about, Suma brought it up, or no, uh, Hitman brought it up, was like before Matt Lafleur, we're talking about a what was it seven eight and one team, a six nine and one team. Aaron Rodgers in 2019 kind of having a Minnesota-like 13-win year where it's a bunch of close games, the statistics aren't very good. And once he started coloring in the lines a little bit on that offense, it was night and day. And last year, you could tell he kind of wanted to be an artist again. And it really hurt that offense. Jordan Love and the way you watch him, and it's really funny that Hitman talked about that game that won against Dallas on Thursday night way back in the day because it was funny where you watch and it was like mechanically – you know, Love was hitting the back foot and getting rid of the football, hitting the back foot, and getting rid of the football. And I think like Lafleur, after three years of really his biggest job getting Aaron Rodgers to color between the lines, I think he's not going to have a, as hard of a job with it with, with uh, Love. And I think that they're going to be pretty good. Beyond that was everybody hyped up their defense last year because of draft picks. And we every time you look at the market pre and post draft, you see, on average, the draft doesn't change markets. It's a year or two into the future where the draft really starts to do things. And I think Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, I think that defense kind of lives on some of the promise that they had a season ago. Not a top 10 unit, but at least like a top half of the unit, or a league unit, so that they can support what's going to have to be, what, a top two-thirds of the league offense for this team to make the playoffs in the NFC?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, we haven't talked much about the Bears at all, and that might be for good reason. Does anyone have... like some sort of strong stance on the bears this year because personally i could say when they made the trade for dj Moore, i was like okay this offense now has some upside i still think the defense is an abomination really but you look at the defenses within the division there's a case to be made that a lot of the defenses can struggle and there's going to be a lot of shootouts within that division does anyone think that the bears are ready to take that next leap this year or is just this a team that's maybe on the ascent i'll start with you suma just just give some quick thoughts on chicago i
3: mean a leap would be winning six games which is probably like a not so bad uh, projection i just don't see it with justin fields i had a tweet today comparing his second season to josh allen's second season and a, a lot of people over the course of the offseason were making the, the comparison between I mean, the, the both uh, situations like Josh Allen st- still was, was not good in his second year. Uh, was was throwing to, I think, John Brown was his leading receiver and both uh, got, a, got that wide receiver one going to their third year and stuff like that. But Justin Fields was still so much worse than Josh Allen in his second season. Like, we all know that he's capable of, of doing some great stuff um, on designed runs or even on scrambles. But if you really want to uh, go towards the playoffs, at some point you have to throw the ball and, and do it at, at least at an average level. And like last year, a 40, a 54.4 passing grade, a minus 34.5% DVA, dead last, like 10 percentage points behind Baker Mayfield, um, minus 0.13 EPA per dropback on non-scrambles, also dead last. like. When you compare these two uh, two situations, OK, but these are just two completely different head starts, and we are basically asking Justin Fields to make an even bigger jump than Josh Allen made in his third year to really take the Bears to like their, their ceiling this year, and I just do not see it. I, I still think they they are the uh, worst team in the division. I also, agree agree with Hitman, who made that point earlier on the show bad defense and i I just don't see how just having dj moore um um is going to make justin fields look like a much better passer in year three
0: we're gonna get into our regular season win totals here in a second but for those of you who like to consume uh content in written form there's a full nfc north divisional preview over at sumersports.com that eric wrote himself which you can check out pretty in depth and they're doing that over at sumersports.com so be sure to check that out um, over the course of the off season as well and eric we're going to start with you in terms of giving out a regular season win total here so green bay chicago both lined at seven and a half both teams juiced to the over chicago minus 138 to the over green bay minus 123 vikings win total eight and a half over minus 131 and then we have the Detroit Lions favor in the division who have the highest win total at nine and a half, juiced slightly to the over. If forced to play one thing in the NFC North, what is it and why?
1: Yeah, the NFC North, the only t- the only division with fewer expected wins on the market is is the AFC South, which we did last week. <sighs> um I'm gonna take the Green Bay over at minus one twenty three at seven and a half wins.
0: All right. So just hit a man. lot of reasons, you know, a lot we'll of reasons
1: see. there. I don't yeah,
2: yeah, it's Green Bay over for me. It's Green Bay over for me. Um, I will say that I like some of the bigger payout lines on Green Bay, whether it's division or an alternate regular season win total, because I think that Jordan Love does have a pretty high ceiling with this team, but I will acknowledge that he does have a floor, a low floor potentially. But uh regular season win, it, Green Bay over 7.5 would, would be my play.
0: Suma, to you.
3: I thought about going with the Lions under, just uh, so that Joy Knisch has uh, something to to rave about, but I'm going with uh, Bears under seven and a half plus uh, 116. I think um, going over seven and a half at basically minus odds, uh, they would need to win five games more than last year. Um, And with everything that I've said, you are basically betting on Justin Fields to make a strong leap to green bay minnesota and and detroit um, basically playing slightly below expectation in my opinion And when you look at that schedule um of the bears i'm just not seeing eight wins and um at at under seven half we're getting plus 116 a pretty good price in my opinion
0: well i was opposite of eric on wednesday on our win total i didn't set these background lights green for no reason They're there for a reason. I'm piggybacking on the Green Bay Packers win total over. Uh, I'm pretty high on them relative to market, whether that's in the regular season win total market, the division, uh, Matt LaFleur coach of the year. I mean, I, I think that there's just so many derivatives of Green Bay that I would like to play this year. And that doesn't mean that we can't be wrong. And Jordan Love might be terrible, but I do think that there's a team with significant upside and with so many question marks in the division. Uh, I do like the Packers win total over as well. If you enjoyed today's video, make sure you smash that like button down below, subscribe to our channel, and of course, set notifications so you get notified every time we put out new content here in the future. We're going to be dropping a lot more videos leading up to the season. We're now down to two remaining. Divisional previews that are left on tap next week. It's going to be the AFC East and the NFC East. And we'll be exploring some betting markets at Pinnacle as well, giving out some bets on futures heading into the year. So stay tuned for that as well. For myself, Eric Eager, Fabian Sommer, and the Hitman, this has been Forward Progress on the Hammer Betting Network presented by Pinnacle Sportsbook. We'll catch everyone next time.